0: Because the message today is called marked. It's when Jesus is resurrected from the dead. And Jesus shows himself to the disciples. And Jesus reveals to him that he is marked for them. And in the markings of Jesus, is the identity of the Messiah. When the disciples were locked away and fearful and thinking that all was gone, Jesus, their rabbi, was dead. That wasn't the end of the story. It was the marks on Jesus, the scars on Jesus that revealed his identity. I don't know if you have any scars. I've got some scars. I've got a scar right here. And if you were to ask me, what is that scar from? I would tell you when I was 17 years old, I was um, actually behind an elementary school late at night when the school was closed down. And me and my friends, we we were drinking a lot of beer that day. And we were actually hiding on top of this big baseball backstop. They have these metal backstops all over in New York. And we were actually on top of it, and the cops came. And we had to jump down from this metal backstop to run from the cops. And when I was jumping down, my arm actually got caught. I know. Gruesome, right? I have another one in my, in my lip here that when I was three years old, I actually... I actually you know those... Um, they're like fake candles at Christmas time, but they're little bulbs, and people put them in their windows to look like um, candles in their windows, but they're actually like lights with light bulbs in them. Anybody ever have those? Yeah, well, I sucked on one until it, until it exploded in my mouth, um, and then my mom had to take me to the hospital. I got a few more too, you wanna hear them? We all have wounds and we all have scars and some of these wounds and some of these scars are are funny. Some of them are depressing though. Some of them mark seasons of intense difficulty. We have scars that we want to hide. We have scars that we want to cover up with a hat. Some of these are, are joyful scars. They're scars of a newborn baby, a C section, scars of a successful surgery. But they could also be scars of something that went wrong abuse, a beating. I remember meeting people who have kind of a cigar shaped scar on their arm or their body. And you'd say, hey, how did, you, how did you get that scar? Oh, that was from my dad, he burned his cigar on me. That's not uncommon. You see, what do we do with scars is when we have scars, many times we wanna hide from our scars. We don't want people to see them. We think they're the worst part of us. But Jesus revealed his scars. And his scars marked his identity. Because every scar tells a story. Our main point this morning is that Jesus says, In his wounds, you find peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. It is literally by his stripes. It is literally by his wounds, by his scars, by his marks that we are healed and saved and delivered. Our first point this morning is Jesus was marked for you. Turn with me to John chapter 20 verse 19 to 23. If you have your Bibles or your phones, it'll also be on the screen. John chapter 20, this is after the resurrection. And we read, we start in verse 19 to 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. forgiven the disciples are hunkered down in fear of the jewish leaders they're behind locked doors they're afraid and jesus just shows up now how does jesus just show up into a locked room Well, it's because Jesus, when he was resurrected from the dead, Jesus' body was actually in bodily form and in glorified form. It is debated whether or not Jesus was fully in his glorified form or fully in his bodily form, but I just wanna say to you is, what I believe is he was both. In other words, Jesus' body, the body that went to the cross, was actually resurrected from the dead. The proof for that is that Jesus stood before them and Jesus had the wounds on his hand, the wounds in his side. Probably the marking of the crown of thorns on his head and his back was still probably scabbed up from the beating that he took. But at the same time, Jesus is in his glorified form in that he literally... Walk through the wall. Now we know that he wasn't just in his glorified form because Jesus ate and he drank and he was around for many days with people eating and drinking, showing that he had a full bodily resurrection as well. But isn't it amazing? Because I would have thought that Jesus, with his resurrected body, with his glorified self, like all of us, that he would have been glorified and resurrected and had no wounds. No scars. No scars. We all look forward to when we get to heaven, because when we get to heaven, we will have new bodies, and we won't have the the wounds and the scars and the disease and the illness that we carry here. But yet in Jesus, when he is resurrected and he comes before the disciples, he shows them his wounds. And he says, peace be with you. You see, it's in the wounds of Jesus after the resurrection that is his identity. And so while we want to hide our wounds and hide our scars and we don't want anyone to know what we're going through, we don't want anyone to see what we're going through, it's actually Jesus in the very wounds on his body that he points out, this is me, I am your marked Messiah. But I don't want you to see mine. My scars, my wounds, what I've gone through, it's too painful. Yet Jesus was marked for you. The kingdom of God is not just an outward religious sign. Paul says the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. As Jesus shows up into this room, he says this curious statement to them. He says, peace be with you. We see that statement three times in John chapter 20. Peace be with you. As Jesus speaks, peace be with you, they're overjoyed. They're filled with joy. Why are they filled with joy? They're filled with joy because their Messiah stands before them. After they are filled with joy, Jesus breathes on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. This reminds me of the beginning of Genesis That when God creates humans, it says that he breathed into them. And in the same way that Jesus comes before them, and he breathes upon them again. And they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They encounter Christ. They encounter the wounds of Christ. They encounter intimacy with Jesus. As a side note, it's impossible to have a church community, a loving community. It's impossible to be the body of Jesus Christ as a community and not show each other our wounds. It's impossible to just float in and out and for no one to know what you're going through and no one to care what you're going through, that's called a classroom and you can go and you can find those anywhere you like. And your professor doesn't care and your classmates don't care. They don't care what you're going through. That's called a classroom, not a community. But here, we are built on intimacy, which is vulnerability. I show you my wounds. I know you don't wanna hear about my problems because you want a perfect pastor. I'm not him. He's probably down the road. She's probably down the road, but I'm not that. And as uncomfortable as it might be for you at times to hear my wounds and to see my scars, that's it. That's community. And I want to see your scars and hear about your wounds and know about your journey. Because it's in us showing each other our wounds that we actually find Identity. What marks you is part of your journey. Not only was Jesus marked for you, but he was marked because of you. In Isaiah 53, we read about the markings of Jesus for each one of us. In verse 4. Surely he, the Messiah, Jesus. Now this was written 700 years before Jesus died. Isaiah is prophesying what is going to happen. He's prophesying about the Messiah here. And he says, surely he took up our pain. He bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. Whose? He was crushed for our iniquities. Whose? The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him, on Christ, on Jesus, on the Messiah, the iniquity of us all. He wasn't just marked for us. He was marked because of us. And so this interaction that Jesus has with the disciples is not only are they looking at the wounds upon Jesus, but they're actually looking at the wounds they themselves caused. When you see the crucified Jesus, you see the wounds that you and I, all of us, have actually caused. It was not the Romans that crucified Jesus. It wasn't the Jewish leaders that crucified Jesus. It was our iniquities, our transgressions, our sins. All of us were in that crowd yelling and out, crucify him, crucify him. We'd like to think we wouldn't be one yelling it, but we we are. Humanity is. The reason this is important, I'm not here to lay on this heavy, heavy condemnation. The reason I want to point this out, that it's your sin that put Jesus on the cross, is because I want to give you this encouragement. You cannot pay... For your own sin. You can't pay for your own burden. You can't pay for your regrets. You can't pay for your shame. You can't pay for that thing that you did last night. You can't pay for something that has already been paid for. It's in the wounds of Jesus Christ, it's in the the holes through his wrists, his hands, his side, his feet, the crown of thorns, the whipping that he took, it's in the wounds, the marking of Jesus because of you that you can't actually pay for it. And Jesus says to you today, lay down your burden here at the cross. Jesus has already paid the price. Some people think that they need to be perfect to get into the kingdom. It's impossible. It's only by the wounds of Jesus Christ that you can be set free, forgiven, healed, saved, and delivered. It's only by the wounds of Jesus Christ some of us are carrying wounds around and haven't given them to Jesus I remember when I was younger, I I was about 12 or 13 years old and I I went into a a sports clothing store and I was walking, it was called Bob's Stores. It was in the States. And I was walking through the store and and I'm a really big fan of Notre Dame football in the States. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Fighting Irish. I don't know if you ever see the logo, but um, I always watched college football growing up and the Fighting Irish were my team. In fact, the only lullaby I would sing to my kids Uh, was the Irish, uh, the fighting Irish uh, fight song. (laughs) I would be holding the baby. This is my uh, detour for the sermon. Um, I would be holding Danae. I remember when she was first born, I'd be like. (laughs) And I would just do that over and over again. Um, They were bad in those days, so I had to spur them on. But I remember I'm walking through Bob's stores and I, I saw this pair of shorts and I didn't have any money, and it was Notre Dame football shorts. And uh, so I took them and I shoved them down into my pants, and I went to walk out of the store, because I wanted them so bad. You ever want something so bad you just don't have the money for? Come on, men. There's no car out there or boat out there. I mean, and so I, I stole them, and I'm walking out of the store and I get caught. I get caught stealing shorts. And my brother Luke was with me at the time, and he sees me get caught. So I turn around, and I see him, and I have this look probably on my face like, oh, no. And then I see him, and he takes an object and just puts it into his shorts with it, like, hanging out. And he gets caught. He got caught because I got caught. We had to then go to a class called Stop Lift. (laughs) It was a Saturday morning, it was the longest seven hours of our life. They just made it horrible. Can I get some water? No, you're a thief, sit there. (laughs) I just gotta go to the bathroom. Go in your seat, that'll teach you something about, anyway, it was just different back then. But my my brother was willing to pay that price with me for something he didn't even wanna do. And Jesus looks at you this morning and he says, I'm willing to pay the price and you can actually go free. Verse 24 to 29, this is a a week later, now Thomas, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. This is the third time Jesus says, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus invites Thomas. He doesn't say to Thomas, I'm not showing you. Jesus doesn't put his hands behind his back. He doesn't tell Thomas to just believe. He doesn't tell him to just have faith. Jesus meets Thomas where he's at, and he says, look, Thomas, put your fingers in the holes in my hand. Put your hand into my side. And then Jesus, speaking prophetically about all of us, he says, blessed are those that have not seen and believed, which is you, which is you. But even if you're someone who is, Never put your faith in Jesus Christ, and you don't believe in Jesus, or maybe you have a loved one that doesn't believe in Jesus, and they're looking for this kind of proof. Guess what? Jesus will also meet them where they're at. He will meet you where you're at. But I can imagine that Thomas is looking at Jesus, and as Jesus shows him his wounds, Thomas is looking at his own life in those wounds because Thomas, his doubting, his unbelief, the sin in his life, as he's gazing at the wounds of Jesus all over his body, Thomas sees his own life. He sees his own life. We see our life because Jesus was marked because of us. His scars contain your story. In his scars is the testimony of your life. In his scars is your forgiveness, your healing, your deliverance, your eternal life. It is actually in the scars of Jesus. The scars of the resurrected body of Jesus Christ is actually the sole reason you are going to heaven. The scars of Jesus Christ in the resurrected body is literally how we are healed. Think about this for a moment. How we are saved and delivered and have hope because in his scars is victory. And this is what's amazing. In Isaiah 49, verse 16, and, and Greg Baker shared this a few, uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And it's just such a good word. It's from Isaiah 49, 16. It says, see, this is God speaking to the nation through Isaiah. See, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. God says, I have tattooed you on the palm of my hands. And your walls, walls represent security. Walls uh, represent protection. Actually, walls represent prosperity. When walls are written, it means health, prosperity, protection in the Old Testament. It's metaphoric. Obviously the you know Jerusalem it's literal they had literal walls but when this is said about walls it's also metaphoric that God is saying your walls your protection your healing your issues Joel are always before me and Jesus says Joel I have engraved your name on my hands Obviously, the cross hadn't happened yet, but this story is God saying, you're so important to me. You're so important to me. Someone needs to hear this this morning. You are so important to him that he has tattooed your name on his hands. God doesn't get tattoos removed. The Lord showed me this though, he doesn't tattoo our perfect self on his hands. He tattoos us with all of our sin and all of our mistakes and all of our guilt And all of our shame. He carries you around in his hands. And when you think that you've done too much. Or you've run too far. Or or you've, you've sinned too much. Or you've missed the mark too much. He says, Joel, look at my hands. And guess what you see? You see hands that have been pierced. And right in the middle of that scar. Of the piercing of Jesus Christ. Is your name. is my name because it's in the piercing of Jesus Christ we are saved from sin and guilt and shame and regret and brokenness you are not powerful enough to save yourself you can't be good enough perfect enough kind enough happy enough rich enough poor enough healthy enough or sick enough to ever earn your salvation, it's in the wounds of Jesus Christ. Your name is engraved. Lastly, I'll close with this, is not only does Jesus is marked for you, not only is Jesus marked because of you, but he marks you, he marks you. Quickly, I'm going to go through this, but in Numbers chapter six, verse 22 to 27, which is often called uh, the priestly blessing or the Aaron blessing on the people, we know this. We sing it in the song "The Blessing," but Cody Carnes uh, did not come up with this. The Lord said to Moses, "Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you bless the Israelites." Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And we often stop there. But the Lord goes on to say, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. The blessing of God is that his name is imprinted upon us. You carry around with you the name of Jesus Christ. It's the only reason you're going to heaven. It's the only reason I'm going to heaven because when we show up at the pearly gates, guess who they see? They see Jesus. We carry around in us the name of Jesus. He's been imprinted upon us. Paid in full, Jesus Christ. Paul says that we are marked, marked as his possession. He says, You also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Until the redemption of those who are God's possession. To the praise of his glory. When you believe, you are marked. When you put your faith in Jesus, you are tattooed. Some of you are really uncomfortable with the word tattoo. I can feel it. Some of us think that the only marking in the Bible is in Revelation with 666. And we get all nervous. Some of us are more concerned about the marking of the beast that we don't realize we've been marked for Jesus. You've been sealed. When you put your faith in Jesus, you've been sealed, which means stamped, marked, tattooed by the Spirit. You are God's possession. Let's just pause for a moment. Close your eyes. I'll invite the worship team to come up. I feel that there is a necessary truth that many of us have to hear and know and understand. Many of us think that we are in a process of constantly losing our salvation. You think that coming to church enough times, or doing enough for God, or being enough for God is going to get you into heaven. And you live on the balance of am I saved, am I not saved, am I saved, am I not saved? And if that is you this morning, I I want to invite you to respond to the Lord. I want to invite you to to respond to the Lord because he grieves that you don't know that you are marked. He grieves that that you don't know that you've been sealed. His heart is sad because he has paid a price for you that you are still trying to pay. And I'm gonna give you an invitation this morning because I wanna pray over you a truth from the Lord. If you're here this morning and you don't know that you know that you know that you are saved, that you are spending eternity with jesus and if you would like to respond to the lord and you're saying joel i just don't know i just don't know i don't have that assurance i'm not sure i don't know that i'm marked and sealed and all this stuff i i'm just back and forth all the time and i believe the lord wants to whisper to you this morning that You are his, you've been marked in the wounds of Jesus. Your name is tattooed on his hand. If that's you this morning, I would like for you to stand right now. If that's you this morning, I would like you to stand right now and I just wanna pray for you. If you're online, I will pray for you as well. But if that's you this morning, you just don't know and I'll wait. You just want that assurance. Thank you, Father. pray for those standing and just keep your eyes closed Father I thank you that as we stand before you we look to you Father to find our identity and I pray for those standing here and those online and those who will listen later and those who just don't feel comfortable to stand in this room Lord those that, that doubt that they are saved written on your hand, sealed. I pray right now, Lord, that you would show them your hands and that they would be overjoyed to see the wounds and they'd be overjoyed to see that their name is written on the palm of your hand, engraved on the palm of your hands. I pray for an encounter this morning, a realization this morning that you would open their eyes to see that they are your son and they are your daughter in whom you are well-pleased. And I pray for just a divine encounter this morning to all those That that we would know, that we would know, that we would know, that we would know that we are loved beyond anything we could ever imagine that we are loved we are loved by the king of kings loved by the lord of lords paid for by Jesus Christ who gave his life for us on the cross that we might find new life I pray for all those here this morning that resonate with that and need to be reassured they are yours, that they are yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.